Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Angel. Hey, Georgie. I can't believe that I'm going to have to take the side of Tom fucking Wilson here. Oh, boy. Are we going to start the show with this? Uh, yeah, I mean, what else is there to start the show with? But I honestly want to know why. I, I want to know this one thing. Why do I have to fucking defend Tom Wilson here? Oh. I take the reason for the fucking bad out here. No, it, 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 it shouldn't be because you've listened to me at all. It's not. This is the problem with the NHL now, and it has nothing to do with Tom Wilson. It has everything to do with the fact that these teams in the 2005 fucking CBA decided that they wanted to have more skill, and thank God for more skill. I cannot wait to see Connor McDavid score 100 points in 56 games. How stupidly absurd that is. Right? I'm okay with skill. They wanted to But guess what? You have had an, a, a multiplication of peckerheads in this league that is 27 points. And I am not I am not condoning what Tom Wilson did last night to Pavel Buchnevich. I have no or there's no Panarin. place in the game for that. Fuck Panarin. Panarin should got went into a fucking gunfight with a knife. Panarin shouldn't have been the guy jumping into that. And and second of all, Panarin <laughs> was wrong too. Panarin jumped in on a fight that he had no business jumping in on. Because he did the same exact shit to Wilson that Wilson was doing to Butch Davis. Well, he wasn't getting rabbit punches. He was not. He was trying to pull him off. He wasn't trying to pull him off. He went in with a forearm shiver. Take the Ranger fan glasses off. He went in with a forearm shiver. It's not his and you job. you think that was warranted? No. Because the, guess what? Because at the end of the day, you weren't going to see a guy like Gretzky go in the middle of that shit. You're not going to see McDavid go in there. You're not going to see Crosby go into that. You're not going to see any of the great players in this league do that. Why? Because it's not their fucking place. My problem with the New York Rangers is they're a bunch of whiny bitches, first of all. Second of all, where the fuck's all the fake tough guys you guys had at the beginning of the season? The fucking guys who... Outside of Lemieux, he's a pussy. Well, that that was the toughest guy we had. No, you had some fake tough guys. Lemieux's a fucking Lemieux's a fucking hack. Who's that defenseman against the Bruins that fucking cross-checked uh, Richie into the goalie, and they couldn't understand why Richie wanted to fight him, and they fucking cowered like a fucking like he was French. Hmm. Where's that defense? Where's he at? Where's all the tough guys that the Rangers have that say that, that act like act tough, and until they get up and up next to a fucking guy who's actually tough? Where are those guys? You want to know why you don't make the playoffs? It's because of that reason. Fake tough versus tough. 
Ryan Reeves may not be the greatest player in the National Hockey League, but you don't do shit like that knowing that Ryan Reeves is on the bench. No, listen, I totally agree with that. They, they, they don't have that thumper. They don't have, you, don't you know, need, what no, was no, the last, no. what, what, well, what was the last we, time they had a fourth line that could defend itself and that can defend, you know, how many, you know, was Marty McSorley a great, a great hockey player? No, but you know, he skated with Gretzky a lot. You know, what, you Marty know, McSorley on on. is a better player. Marty McSorley was a better player than he's given credit for. I agree with that. Okay. McSorley was a very good defensive defenseman. The other thing was is he had two screws loose. Hmm. And those two screws that were loose protected Wayne Gretzky. Yep. And Yari Curry. And Messier didn't need it. But get what I'm saying. Right. So, so I, I don't want guys like I don't want guys like Chris Simon in the league. But but what people were calling for what happened last night wasn't even as close as the dumb shit Chris Simon did towards the end of his career. Yeah, but to I mean, to get away with a five thousand dollar fine. What? To get away with only a five thousand dollars fine? Are you kidding me? That should have been a suspension. Because I'm not the, saying that. It, I'm not saying it was a bad timing. He got the five thousand fine dollars fine for what he did to Butchnevich. Yeah, he got nothing. Proof. He he had his he stick had the, on his neck, and it was and he had to punch him. Five, yeah, but that's only a five thousand dollars fine in the NHL. That's not suspension worthy. Y'all are fucking sucked. It is not suspension worthy. Compared compared to what this guy's done in his career, you think that's suspension worthy? And what happened with Panarin was in the course of a fight. Yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, disagree with you here. You know, I'm looking at it from the hockey perspective. It, it was a hockey. What happened behind it ended net with Bucinavich was nothing was had nothing to do with the game of hockey. What happened between him and Panarin was a hockey was part of the game. And it's what happens when heavyweights fight lightweights. Caitlin Jenner called and said that shouldn't happen. That's what happens when boys fight play girls. Panarin should have never been in the middle of that. It's hard not to when uh, you're trying to protect a teammate. And I agree with Elliot Friedman that Tom Wilson should have seen who he was in the throws with. At that point, Wilson should have said, what the fuck am I doing? But here's the problem with Wilson. He's emotional. And when his emotions get the best of him, he does dumb shit. Now, 
do I think, I, I won't even go there. I won't even say what I'm thinking. But Washington really needs to have him to sit down with him and go, no more. Let me tell you, if you found out on August 1st, because that's when the the league year is going to start, if you found out August 1st that he was traded from Washington to the Rangers, you'd be fucking dancing a jig. No. As would every other fucking fan out there who's sitting there going, he's a piece of shit, he doesn't belong in the league. Because if your team had a guy who scored 50 fucking points a year, you'd fucking sign right the fuck up to that. And don't tell me I'm wrong. Because Ranger fans hated Matthew Barnaby and thought, showed up and asked the goddamn guard and was wearing a jersey. Don't so, so listen, we'll talk about Barney. If you I, have to Ty Domi. When Ty Domi was on your team, you'd fucking love him. It's how it goes. I love Barnaby when he played for Buffalo. So I love Barnaby before he came here. I'm not you saying know, so. you, Angel. I'm, I'm speaking in generalities here. Mm-hmm. Ranger fans booed him. Booed him like there was no tomorrow. He gets there, they fucking love him. Well, say the same thing about Casparitis. You know, Casparitis yeah, was exactly. somebody that... And there was number 76, and there was number 6 jerseys all over the fucking building. You know, there were people that had number 72 jerseys that he would never even fucking wore in that building. You can't fucking say Philly fans hated Bryce Harper, and then they realize, oh, shit, we got to chat at him. Bryce, you're the man. <laughs> it is why you cannot boo in professional sports. Because there's always a chance with free agency and trades and anything else that he can be on your team. Yeah, I Jander think... Uh... a different story. He's a piece of shit. You know, I, I was watching uh, the today, right now. and and it, like a couple things were going through my mind because t- today was the game that uh, Domingo Herman started, and you, you, you know I, I'm like, eh. but you know I'm thinking I'm like, listen, you know you root for the jersey, not the player, you know, especially when, when it's a player that has a sketchy uh, past like that. See? Here's my problem. So, uh-huh. The Phillies got rid of Odubel Herrera and forced him to fucking jump through hoops to even come back to spring training. I don't think Herman had to, A, pay enough penance for what he did. B, the New York Yankees cannot say they're holier than now when they're a guy who shot a gun at a woman on their team. No, no I'm yeah. sorry. You cannot act like you're holier than now when that guy's your closer. No, the, 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 Yankees, the Yankees have no credibility in any fucking thing because they have a guy who shot a gun at a woman and then had a bobblehead fucking for him. Fuck them. 
goddamn hate the New York Yankees. You can't sit there and have goddamn Joe Torre safe at home fucking night and a fucking ad in the Yankee magazine, and then the next thing you know, you got a guy who shot a gun at a woman. And you got a guy who publicly, at a Yankee team event, beat the piss out of his girlfriend. And he's on the team? Fuck him. And fuck their whole organization. The Yankees are holier than now. They never cheated. Fuck the Yankees. Oh, they never cheated. They weren't one of the teams that was fucking stealing signs and shit. No, but goddamn Houston fucking took the fucking penance for it. And all Yankee fans are like, we're going to everybody. Shut the fuck up. Which, I got to say, it was extremely uh, entertaining today. They, they were uh, letting, yeah, they were going in hard today. But so, guess what? Nobody I, I, cares. I think Altuve was Houston number one. Won. But Houston's won. You think Houston cares? They don't want to get in tonight. No. But when they say, oh, I'm sure, I, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm sure they care. No, who, Houston they, Astros, they don't give a flying fuck. They do not care. Who won the game tonight? I'm Maybe. honestly asking because I don't know. The Yankees won. Okay, that's where you win. Does it mean a fucking thing because they went to the World Series? No, it doesn't mean shit. It was just like when Met fans were going all that shit over Clemens throwing at Piazza and Clemens throwing a bat at him. And Sean Estes throws behind him. Twice. Twice. And then what did Clemens do? Thanks for not hitting me. It went out. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. It doesn't matter to these guys. They don't care. You think they give a shit? You're out of your mind. They're the happiest team in the league. That Yankee Stadium's at ten percent capacity. Dude, that place is rocking today. I think they they, they yeah, bumped up to twenty percent now. Yeah, because the crowd noise. They pumped in crowd noise like it was out of like it was going out of style. It sounded like the RCA dome during the fucking Peyton Manning years. Uh, no, no, they, they were, this is like straight chance. So this wasn't artificial noise. This was full throat Yankee fans going, you know, going in. So, yeah, yeah no. they, they were. Watch the game on, yeah, I watched the game on ESPN. It was a different story on ESPN. The ESPN didn't have crowd microphones in the bleachers like Yes did. All right. It wasn't that loud. And I was I had people on the train that were leaving the game. They said it wasn't that loud. Cause I watched the May fourth fucking Star Wars game. On ESPN. No, they just look. Kurtzkin uh, was uh, Yoda. No, yeah. And Ravi was Han Solo. Yeah, what a waste of time that was. <laughs> no, I watched it on yes. 
big difference. It wasn't as loud as Kevin, you know, so I'm watching hi- highlights right now. And in the fact that I was, and, and in the fact I was on Twitter, and I saw I saw people legitimately saying, "Man, it's loud in the stadium," and people were answering the back that like, well, "We're watching on ESPN. It's really not." But again, do you think the Astros care that they got booed at Yankee Stadium? When they ask Bregman after the game, you know what his answer should be? Reggie Jackson said it best. They don't boo nobodies. Uh-huh. And they were chanting, Cranky sucks. It sounded like Yankees suck. It was perfect. Yeah, I don't understand how the San Francisco... San Francisco Giants are in first place. Because that's not because like, the what, Dodgers. All the stars. All the, the stars are, are, are hurt. Beat them. Yeah, but the Dodgers and Padres beat themselves up for seven games. It's only May fourth. May the 4th be with you. And also with you. Reading from the book of the great prophet Jonah. See, like, this is like my favorite day. Uh, You know, May 4th is one of my favorites. And then Cinco de Mayo is right after it. So it's like the greatest, you know, two days in history. Who who cares about Thanksgiving and the day after? I'll take May 4th and uh, Cinco de Mayo any day of the week. I do because it's all time and a half. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that works. There's a difference. Yeah, time and a half, kid. Time and a half, and I get a vacation day back. Oh, yeah, let's go. But again, I don't know how we got the baseball from hockey, but. Nobody like the Yankees. The Yankee fans are the only ones to keep the Yankee Red Sox rivalry going. The Red Sox give zero. The Red Sox fans give zero fucks about the Yankees. The Yankees they won. That's bullshit. No, it's really so you, you not. Tell, you, you, you're telling me that that Red Sox fans don't give extra juice to, to uh, when they play the Yankees. No. Because the Red Sox have won. It's all I've been on. I got been at both sides. Of it. I've been at Yankees. I've been at games at the stadium. I've been games at Fenway. And it's not the same. It's nowhere near the same. I was at. Like, in a week, they played in the Bronx, and then they played at Fenway, and it was a bulk series. It was nowhere near even close. Yankee fans are still holding on to fucking, you know. We got 27 championships. You've seen five of them. Shut the fuck up. I want to see six. 
right. Some people have seen six. I, I, I want the most six. anybody. The most anybody's really possibly seen is seven. Well, okay, so they, they won the year I was born, 77, 78, then the 90s. Yeah, so, and then yeah, 09. I, I, I was alive for seven. I want to see eight. Red Sox fans in the last 17 years have seen four. Well, you've only won once. Well, did they only win and three, not, not four? They won four. Really? Four, seven, 13, and 18. Yep. Hmm. And 18's when fucking Aaron Judge was walking through fucking Fenway playing New York, New York as loud as he can and pissed off fucking uh, Yeah. You know, a guy who's done nothing is inspiring the Red Sox to win. Okay, good job, stupid. Yeah, that way the Red Sox have had mean years. Yeah, that'll work out for you, Aaron. But where the Red Sox have had really mean years, you know, the Valentine years and whatever, you know, the Yankees have been extremely competitive. Okay, but still, like, it's just, like, you have the 14 towards the end of Jeter. You couldn't, the Yankee Red Sox games weren't even selling out. You can't sell out a Yankee Red Sox game? Are you fucking kidding me? Games don't have the same juice anymore. And it's it's whiny ball bag Yankee fans who keep try to keep it going. And Red Sox fans laugh at you. It's not like the hatred between Yankee and Mets fans. It's really not. And dear God, don't let the Mets win. Because the real baseball fans is for your Mets fans. Because Mets fans are actually, Mets fans are actually diehards. Them guys, they die. And they show up. They're like Jimmy Fallon in Fever Pitch. (laughs) What a great movie that was. Great movie. I met him after after he did that movie, and yeah. uh, it was funny. I, I go to him. I'm like, "So, uh, did you really have to do a movie about the Red Sox?" <laughs> he starts laughing at me. I was like, "At least Drew Barrymore's hot," and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I had that going for me." Was it squishy? Uh, what? Robin? What's the grin? Is it squishy? But, like, even when you look at, like, even that, like, it's not, like, and the best is they had to to reshoot the end of the movie because they won. You imagine that that movie, I I can only imagine that movie ends if they don't win the damn World Series. 
would have Nimrods running on the field and celebrating with the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, so. That night in October was the night it died. Johnny Damon's Grand Slam in, in Game 7 was the was the nail in the coffin for the Yankee Red Sox Rockets. Well, it hasn't been the same thing. Even the, so. No, even the play, like, look at Mariano. When, they, when he got announced at Fenway the next year, and they were cheering him, he came out and tipped his cap. It's not the Munson Nettles days where they hated each other. Guys move around too much. Yeah. That's why I said, you know, I, I root for New Jersey. I, I don't root for, you know, that, of course there are players that I like. But I've always rooted for New Jersey. Like, um, I was at the game where Rodriguez came back from his suspension. I'm not a Rodriguez fan. But, you know, did I boo him? No. Did I cheer him? No. Did I want him to do good? Absolutely. Yeah, because it helps your team do good. Exactly. And that's the thing, like, like I don't understand. Like, do I care? I don't understand. Do I care? Like, oh, fans starting to boo Lindor. <laughs> yeah, they, they they need to relax. They're married to him for thirteen years. They need to relax like, on that one. And, and you know, and the funny thing was Sunday night. Arod had like the perfect analogy. When Tino got here, they booed him mercilessly. Yep. He hit the home run in Baltimore, and everybody said, oh, shit. And that was his crowning achievement. Yeah, but, you know, they, they booed and him he because he was replacing Mattingly. You know, Lindor's yeah. replacing Rosario. <laughs> it's, you know, it's well, like, holy and, and, the, and the fact is, is that Mets fans, you're not seeing out of Francisco Lindor what you were promised. And it's early. You know, I, I tend to think guys are going to play to the and I think guys, I tend to think that guys are going to play to the back of their baseball card. You know, like at the end of the year, you're going to look up, look up when Dora's going to hit 30 bombs, he's going to drive in 80 runs, he's going to have, you know, everybody like, oh, what the fuck, what are you booing him for in May? Right, he's going to be hitting 280 with, with 30 and 80. While yeah, playing, like, you oh. know, plat- platinum level defense at short. You know, but if I have to hear one more time and how hard the judge and Stan hit the baseball. Oh, yeah, that's great. How many times did he strike out? Well, okay, so, yeah. So, <laughs> I think Stan almost broke the wall today with his double. <coughs> That was absolutely broke. And, and uh, hold on. I do have to say one thing. And you might be shocked because I don't know how much of, of the game that, that you actually got to see or hear about. But Aaron Hicks went the other way for a hit. And Stanton went the other way for a hit. It was unbelievable. I saw them actually use baseball skill, hit the ball the other way for ground balls for base hits. It was amazing. 
It was like today was the first today was the first day all season that I saw any type of passion, any type of you know let's play the game the right way. They weren't striking out tonight. You know they're actually playing good defense. Doesn't throw. Gr- you know because the Granky doesn't throw as hard. Torres makes a, makes a great play going up the middle for a double play, for a really good double play. It's like, it's amazing how, like I said, it was definitely the most passion I've seen all in, in at least two years. You know, in at least okay, two years. Okay, but it's still a game, on, it's a regular season game on May the 4th. No, well, I get that. But, like, you know, for a team that's been sleepwalking and, you know, they got right off, you know, the Sisters of the Poor over there with the Orioles, even though they, I think what they split with the Orioles. Uh, but then they beat so up got the right Tigers. Detroit. Hey, Detroit stinks. You know, it's right. funny. I, was a, I, was but, a, I went out and played golf on Sunday. And we walked into the pro shop and the Yankees were winning. And my buddy goes, oh, look, the Yankees are winning. I'm like, yeah, they're playing somebody worse than them. That doesn't make them a good baseball team. It means they can beat up on shitty teams. That's what they've done for years. Well, I'm not sitting here even saying that Houston's a good team. You know, because I think they they lost a lot. They do lose a lot, and they'll find it. And, you know, at the end of the year, Houston will be in the playoffs, and so will the Yankees. I don't know. I don't know if Houston's going to be in the playoffs. I think this Here's can actually be a year for for uh, the Angels. You know, to at least make it as a wild card. And I think Oakland, you know, is starting to come back to what they are. So I assume that they would be the, the odds-on favorite to win the division. And, you know, I can see Anaheim getting uh, the wild card. Yeah, of course, it all depends on the midseason as well because they need another pitcher in there. And let's not forget. Are the Yankees good enough to win the AL East? I don't think so. I think there are three teams in that division. I think there's two teams in that division better than this. But I think they're on par with the third. The Orioles are the, are the shit bags. I, I think... think no, I, I think, think they're as good No. Yeah, I think they're, they're they're as good as Boston. I, I think I Boston they're so. as good as. I think Toronto is better, and I think okay. uh, Tampa Bay is better. Okay, so we we vary we vary on one team. Right. I think they're just as good as Tampa. I think they're just as good as Toronto. I think Boston and and Toronto and Tampa is better than them, and and Boston absolutely has a better manager. Yeah, you know what? But two teams uh, unfortunately, have better managers. Unfortunately, I think uh, you're right with the manager stuff. Uh, Pitching-wise, you know what? You know, Kluber's is turning into Kluber now. Tyon All right, is actually Kluber has very one good. good fucking start. Can we please no, he, get off his dick? Dude, he's, he's been pitching real good lately. And I'm not even counting the... They innings he just threw. He threw seven innings at the, the time before that. You know, he's had a lot of, 
you know, your first couple of games, you got you got to give him a break because he has he pitched what one inning in the last two years. Okay, but but again, is he going to be able to? Is he going to be able to do this all year? And that's yet to be proven. And we know they're not going to add anything at the trade deadline because they're not going to have any money to do it because they're not going to be allowed to. But it's like, what's going to be available at that time? You don't know because that's what having the extra wild card teams do. Exactly. So is there a good chance that you can even get a good starting pitcher? No. No. You know, they're banking on Severino coming back. Man, he's been he's he's horseshit. I don't know. Yeah, I think by uh, by mid season, once you have Severino back, and once in, it's just like with the Mets with, with Thor. Once you get these guys back, you're not going to be running it, but running them out. Up. You know, eight, eight, eight innings. You know, don't you know, bring you up. You allow them to. Well, I'm saying you got a lot of you actually, you know, because. Uh, but again, I'm sorry. I don't. I honestly, in this point, I do not look at Thor as anything more than a fifth starter right now. Syndergaard is not going to be Thor anymore. He's Noah Syndergaard. Until he proves that he can pitch again. And that's going to take a while. Mets fans aren't even banking on him. No, a lot of Mets fans that I know are on his dick and praying no, for because a quick they're return. On his dick because, because they're praying that it's the guy... That because what they're saying is, dominant. you know, once we get once we get Thor back, you know, hey, it's perfect because now we'll make the playoffs and we'll make the World Series because we have Thor. And I'm like, okay, no. um, yeah, yeah, no, no, because yeah. I don't even think the Mets are the Mets are hoping to get a fifth starter. Hell, well, if he at has, this point is career. At this point, I don't even know if I put him in the rotation. I think I, I think you job him. I think you put him in the bullpen. But I you think know, you make him a seventh-day thing guy. But if you even go with a fifth starter from Thor, you know, he's good. You know, I can still see him producing as a fifth starter. And on this on this team, you know, because you'll have the Grom, you know, first. Yeah, you know, he's the ace, of course. Right now, they don't have a number two. Well, they got Strowman. Strowman's pitching real good. Carrasco, he's Strowman's two. So, you, Robin. Strowman's a two. Yeah, he's all right. No, he's a three. He, you know, he's he's a, he's a two. I don't know. Here's where the Mets' problem is going to become. At some mm-hmm. point, Philly's going to learn how to hit. 
at some point the Braves are going to take a stranglehold on that division. The Nats are still good. That's a four-team division. And, and, and it basically comes down to whoever beats up the most on the Marlins. And the Marlins aren't the Marlins of two years ago. They're not a doorstop. I know the record's not all that great, but they have pitching. So they're not a doorstop. No, right. Whoever beats up on them, whoever catches their three, four, five, and not their one and two, you know, I mean, look, if you face the Mets and you get three, four, five, and you don't see DeGrom in the series, you're thankful. Well, you know, even if you're facing the Groms, just get them out the game and you're fine. They can't win with them. Yeah, but here's the problem. That's so, he's gonna, that's he's, so sad. He's, he's going to start getting stretched out. And he's going to go, you know, he's going to give you eight. Hell, well, he's going to nine right best now. Players on the team. <laughs> and he's one of the best offensive players on the team. So, really. He's still, he's still good. He's. Giving up less runs than he's driven in. <laughs> That's amazing. It just shows how dominant he is. And why is he so dominant? Because he hasn't thrown 75,000 innings in his life. You know, I, I, you know, I, he should be what teams look at. Be like, man, he didn't pitch his whole life. Look how dominant he's become. Right, because what? When he was drafted, he, is, he was a shortstop. Yeah, he's got great mechanics. You've taught him the mechanics. He's got great mechanics. He's He hasn't made – he hasn't pitched as much as most guys are when they get to the majors. I mean, look at Strasburg. That guy's always hurt. Oh, and by the way, they're getting left to the back. Yeah. Yeah, the, the rich get richer on that one. But I am very curious, when is Atlanta going to take off? Yeah, they, they're confusing me right now. There's you nights know, where they look like, all right, they're they're the Braves again, and then there's nights where they don't. You know, like I look at them, and I say, if I was running a team, what team would I ever want to own? It would probably be them. I look at them. I you know I look at Toronto. Those are those are like two teams that if I was an owner. Or if I can be in charge of a team, those are the two teams I want right now. They're built very well, young, young talent. And you can do a lot of things. I just don't understand. Like, Toronto, I understand. You know, they're learning, they're getting there, and they're almost there. You know, they need more pitching. You know, Robbie Ray and stuff isn't going to keep holding on. But, you know, with Rayu, um they got a, they got a good staff. They need, they need more horses to take them to that next level. And it looks like they're willing to spend the money. 
Atlanta, uh, you know, Atlanta never wants to spend the money. That's not true. They've spent the money. They've spent the money wisely. They spent it on Ozuna, but they've also locked up their young talent. They've locked up Freddie, or no, Freddie's a free agent. But well, but Freddie's they lost like him up 31. Too. Right, but, you know, they did lock him up when he was but younger. But they did lock him up early. Um, Acuna. They locked up Acuna. Albies. Um, Albies. You know, they've done it right. And that's how you build now. You build from within, and then when you need, you go get No, you know, like, I totally agree. Like, like even the Red Sox did the right thing with Bogarts. You know, they signed him young. You know, <clears throat> these teams, <clears throat> I'm sorry, have got to do a better job of identifying their talent and actually investing in the talent. Like, the one thing that the Yankees were always, always pissed me off about was they would never take care of their young talent. You know, it was always going because year to year on arbitration. Because usually by the time they bring guys up, they're – I mean, if you locked up Judge after his rookie year, how bad of a contract does that look like right now? All right, so think about this. Let's say – what was the going price at that point? If you point? locked up Cause Sanchez. Because this is what you got to look at. You know, what was the going rate? For those type of players, because three years ago, for a twenty-seven-year-old twenty-seven outfielder, there would have been Harper. Well, at the time, well, at the time it was what twenty-five, so you would have had to do a ten-year deal, right? At the very it would minimum, have been ten money. years. It would have been three hundred million. Ten years, twenty-five. I say a season. Okay, so, but how bad of a deal would that be right now? I don't know. It'd probably be on par. Because when you remember when we took a look at the war, and we we tried to equate. I know, and don't get mad. I know war is not the end all stat for anything. However, it's a That's good nice. indicator in terms of the money. And they always said what uh, one point of war. It, one point of war is but worth seven new- million dollars. But you're the New so York Yankees. You shouldn't be playing based off a of war. You shouldn't be playing based off of fucking sabermetric stats. You shouldn't. You're the New York fucking Yankees. You shouldn't be using that shit at all. Why not? That's just for small Everybody market teams. But, and what, you know, and, 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 and what, you know, they, they talk about the collusion and stuff. And I always say it's never collusion. It's just everybody is on the same page now. So now they're like, all right, well, I'm not going to pay you more. I'm like, I think it's, I don't think it really is collusion. I just think that it's all, it's all about pain. It's all about having the same mindset. Everybody has a Peter Brand in their office now, and they're they're saying, all right, well, this is, if we're going to equate war to money, you know, and if it's $7 million, you know, Per war, point of war, 
then this person should not be worth this. And I think a lot of people, this is where I do give credit, because a lot of people are not paying for past production. They're looking at your future production and what the future is going to bring, or they're trying to see what the future is going to bring. So take the Yankees, for instance. If they had this mindset back when Jeter signed that 10-year deal, he probably wouldn't have got the 10-year deal at 189. You know, he got paid a lot for his name and also for what he did in the past. Um, A-Rod would not have got the second 250 uh, contract. Yes, he would have. Because the Yankees... No, Angel, this is what I'm saying. The Yankees don't pay for the future. Derek Jeter got it because Derek Jeter made them $500 million. Right? They were paying Derek Jeter for the T-shirts he sold, the jerseys he sold, the tickets that they thought he sold that he never did. They paid A-Rod $275 because the Yankees saw if this guy gets close to Bonds, if he gets close to Ruth, He's gonna how much back. money is he going to make? It's the same thing as Bryce Harper. Is Bryce Harper worth $300 million? No. Does Bryce Harper fucking mint money for the Philadelphia Phillies? Yes. Watch a Phillies game. 75% of the people in the ballpark are wearing Bryce Harper stuff. The other 25 is still wearing like Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, and Chase Utley shit. (laughs) Even if it's 60% of the ballpark's wearing Bryce, 10% 10% wearing JT, 5% wearing NOLA. The other 25% is, is split between J-Roll, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, and fucking Reese Hoskins, which I still don't understand why. The guy stinks. <clears throat> Have you seen a new uh, Washington National hat? No. We get a chance. We look at the the highlights today. Take a look at them. They're pretty sweet. I'll just go on MLB shop and look at them there. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if it's going to be the caps that they're wearing today. But anyway, they, they look pretty sweet. But, you know, it's funny that um, – look at the highlights today between the Nationals and, and the Braves. And it kind of makes you think, the other day – Ozuna hits his home run. They're down like 7 nothing. He hits a home run for 7-1. Yeah. And he stops at first base to take a selfie. And I'm like, really? It's like you're down okay. six runs. I don't get it. Some days the brakes are beating the boys. Some days the boys beat the brakes. So what happens? It, it's it, you know what? It, it's 
I, I was, I know, not to take this away from baseball, but please, dear Christ. I was reading 31 Thoughts today with uh, Elliot Friedman on Sportsnet. And he was talking to a coach of an NHL rookie. And, or a friend or an agent or something. It was something with an NHL rookie. And the NHL rookie said to the friend, agent, whatever, it's amazing how much coaches at this level don't talk to you. And his answer was, and Friedman wrote, it's proof that this generation needs more attention. That's what it is. All these guys are brands. They're not athletes anymore. It's a new breed of ball player. I mean, Ozuna with the fucking neon green fucking sleeve. Uh, last time I checked, yep. they didn't wear neon green in Atlanta. Lindor well, with the bright yellow fucking sleeve. Oh, right, well, so that's good. Again, I get attention. Lindor yeah. with the bright yellow cleats. Major League Baseball should rain these guys in and be like, ah, uh-uh, no more of this shit. Harp doesn't wear the fucking fanatic cleats in a game. He wears them in the pregame. And then donates them to Philly's charities, and they fucking sell them to raise money for whatever the fuck Philly's charities is doing. Again, find someone that looks at you the way that the fanatic and Bryce Harper look at each other. Because it's guy love, that's all it is. <laughs> but that, all these guys are like that. You know, Mark Stone on um, The Chirp with Darren Millard had one of the greatest lines ever. We're entertainers. People pay to see us play. They want to be entertained. Let's go out there and entertain them. Baseball has a fucking identity crisis. I still think by the time me and you were fucking six feet in the ground, Major League Baseball's an afterthought. Hmm, but how do you change that? Let guys be entertaining. Right, but you know, Mike Trout is a boring superstar in the planet. You know, I totally get, you know, entertaining. I'm I'm fine with that. But it, for me, it's like you, you're down six, uh, seven, nothing. Now you're down seven, one. Doesn't matter. It's in the late innings. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I come from the school of act like you've done it before, but I'm okay with showing emotion. I'm okay with, you know, when Jabba used to do his fist pumps or, you know, Chapman does a stare. I'm okay with that. And you got to be okay when somebody has success off of you, right? And that's why, like, I'm okay well, what with, happened with him uh, and with Altuve? Okay Altuve hit the home run. What was that? I'm okay with bad flips. I'm okay with all that shit. I hate what the league did yeah, with fucking Castellanos. That was horse shit. 
Yeah, what what happened with that one? That that was that was bad. Yeah, he shouldn't have been suspended at all. No. But I guess you know they they are talking about the whole new and th- see this is what I don't understand. He's talking about the COVID shit, right? And he's talking about hey, uh, you can't uh, get people gathering. So if you leave the bench, you're going to be suspended. Oh, great. Let's do that. But let's be consistent with that. First off, there needs to be nobody coming in from the bullpen. Why they actually come out during a fight or a brawl is beyond me. And then they'll go walk back in arm in arm together to the fucking bullpen. It's the stupidest thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, you got to even it up. Motherfucker, it's already even. <laughs> you know, theoretically, you got you got same people on each bench. So why do we need you coming in from from the bullpen to come down and then waste time going because back? Because it's same shit. Well, because it's you know baseball's the greatest time waster going. There's a part of me that prays that either Saturday or Sunday that the Phillies are playing the Nats, that Lester is one of those starts. I would go down to Philly to see Lester pitch again. I love Johnny Lester. I loved him when he was a Sox. I loved him when he was a Cub. It's amazing how he can't throw to first base. He doesn't want to, that's why. He could, he just doesn't want to. Hey, listen, he's been damn effective not throwing the first base, so I guess, yep. you know, whatever, man. Keith Runner's close. And they know he's not throwing over and he can keep runners close. Think about that. Yeah. That dude is a pitcher. He's not a thrower. Uh, Was it Zimmerman the other day? They asked him about the thing with Harper and in the face. And and he was 100% right. He blamed GMs who don't have to stand in the batter's box. Oh, the guy throws 97? Fuck him. He can't control it in the minors? Fuck it. Let's bring him up. Maybe he can control it in the majors. Seems like a uh, solid plan. Yeah, it's a solid plan because the GM doesn't have to get in the box. Why do you think Billy Bean waits so long to bring these guys up? Because Billy Bean stood in the batter's box. That line to fucking David Justice. You've never had a GM who was a player. He's 100% right. It's just funny. You know, All right, it's time to you know, talk, about, talk about Oakland. It's just funny. Jed Lowry is actually playing full-time now. <laughs> the Mets can't buy a break. He's, he's back to being Jed Lowry. 
That's funny. Well, the Mets NFL? also have one of the worst training staffs. You know, let's talk about the draft. All right. Uh, where do you want to begin? Uh, you tell me. I Listen, I actually love the draft. Uh, I love what Guttelman did. Um, it's funny how things just, things that just fell into place for uh, Belichick. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll. Uh, you want to start with New England, or you want to start where? Um, we'll start with Chicago. Actually, or you we want to start, start with the Giants because it, Yeah, you know, let's start with the Giants because you know what the way the Giants first round went was exactly what I said that was going to happen last week. They had a target in mind. That target was Devontae Smith. Yep. They weren't trading up with Dallas because they didn't think Dallas was going to draft them. Now, they didn't see that they didn't see Philly going up and snagging them. But okay. So now what do they do? Gettleman stops instead of rushing up and making a bad pick. Or no, I, I don't think Micah Parsons would have been a bad pick. But he wasn't as high on their board as Kadarius Stone. And by the way, so what they you know, did, I got, I gotta say, you know, everybody was so pissed off that they took a receiver at twenty with, with Tony, and I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, are you kidding me? Everybody was saying they were going to draft a receiver with Smith at number eleven. So why are you surprised that they got a receiver at twenty? You know, and, and that's just. Yo, know, that was boggling me. How people were were because, ripping the pick, and I'm like, again, because again, this is people who listen to the fan and ESPN radio, and all they heard was Devonte Smith, Devonte Smith, Devonte Smith. They can't get Devonte Smith. Get Micah Parsons, right? Gentlemen had. Devontae Smith uh, and Tony, one and two. So what did he do? He did the right thing. He did something that a good GM does. Absolutely. You, you, all right, your pick's gone. Fuck. Now what are we going to do? Wait, Chicago's You find home. a desperate team. You find a yeah. desperate team. And that desperate team paid off. No, what that, what happened was the Chicago thought New England was going there. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. Chicago called the Giants. Gettleman said, Hey, you're not the only ones that want this pick. They were the only ones that wanted that pick. Gentleman says, all right, what are you going to pay for it? Ryan Pace, because he's a moron, says, I'll give you 
next year's one, and a bunch of other picks. Okay, it's yours. <laughs> Meanwhile, New England never made the phone call. <laughs> Why? Because all you had to think was that New England was on Justin Fields. New England was never on Justin Fields. That just shows how bad of a GM you are. Can can we talk about the draft capital that Ryan Pace has given up for quarterbacks? Yeah. And, and Khalil he, Mack? He unloaded, right, he unloaded a shitload of picks to move up one yeah. spot for Mitch. And yep. now you compound that. And listen, I, I think Justin Fields is going to be okay. Nope. Yeah. You, you worry about the whole, you know, what has Ohio, Ohio State quarterback done? But he looks different to Not me. He doesn't that. look like Dwayne Haskins. He doesn't look like uh, Barrett. You know, he looks like a different well, quarterback to me. He, he, he was a kid that was – Recruited to Georgia. Okay, he was an SEC recruiter. You could be Jake Fromm. Okay. And he couldn't be now Jake Fromm. Right? So, so in, in, in essence, you know, they they got their guy, you know. Look, I have no problem with the pick. If that's your guy and your conviction is to go get the guy, right ahead. It's just like the Raiders. Hey, your guy was Leatherwood. Leatherhead, Leatherwood, whatever the fuck wow. his name is. Right? Right. That's your guy. You project him as a starter. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with teams going, this is our guy. Let's get him. And with uh, Vera Tucker and the Jets. People say, oh, why are you trading up for a guard? Because it's who you wanted. Because he wasn't going to get there. Right. Because he, because, because he wasn't getting past Oakland. That was who Oakland wanted. We're Oakland, and, and, here, and here's the thing. Nobody was going to pay the price to get up to – you know, and that's the thing that comes down to this. You have to have two sides to tango, right? Like you right. need two parties to where the Giants had had a taker in Chicago, and I'm sure Ryan Pace called Dave Gettleman up and said, "Hey, if." You guys are going to trade the pick. I want to be your first phone call. And Gettleman, I guarantee you, said, well, if our guy's not there, it's just like Jerry. Jerry Jones, for the first time in his draft life, did the right thing. He knew who he wanted in certain. He came off the board. So he, he said, fuck it. What can we get for it? Oh, Philly's offering a three. Okay, we'll swap a spot, two spots with them. Because we know the Giants aren't going to go up. 
And we know the Giants you know, aren't taking him. We know what the Giants want. We know the Giants needs. God forbid you know, Harry I think fucking that, does the right thing. I think my biggest surprise was, and I knew, I knew Denver, you know, just picked up Teddy, but them not drafting a quarterback. I, I feel. think it's because Denver honestly, truly thinks that they are going to wind up getting Aaron Rodgers. That's the only reason to me why you don't go quarterback there. But, again, they have not drafted quarterback well. No. But but Elway's not in charge of that anymore. So they got a new GM. But Elway's still in the room. Well, I get that, but he, it's no longer his, you know, so he, he can't be, it's not his tax and lips. It's not his Drew Locke. You know, this is this will be on the other guy's watch. Which, you know, once again, is Drew Locke in his third year or second year? Watch. Oh, yeah. Well, well, Drew Locke is third year, or this is going to be his third year coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. you, you wonder if Teddy Bridgewater can open up something because they got a young quarterback. I don't think Drew Locke is horrible. Is he Aaron Rodgers? I think he is. No, you know, I think maybe he, is. he needs. I think he was rushed. I think he was rushed, he and you know, like Well, I think he, he, right, I think he right was. Now. I think he's. I think he was rushed. I, I agree with you on that. But what I also think with Drew Locke is the fact that he's not a last one in, first one out kind of guy. And I think Teddy, well, with his professionalism, he's not the first one. Will help him with that. Well, I think. Well, I, I think the thing with Teddy is, is Teddy thinks he can play. Teddy's the only guy in the world that thinks he can play, but Teddy thinks he can play. Right? So when you when you think about it, now you have competition, and you're not bringing in Joe Flacco's suck ass. <laughs> you know, and, and let's not forget, the reason why Drew Locke got rushed was because Joe Flacco's suck ass. Suck. Pass and got hurt, so that's why he was forced to play. But the thing is, with Denver, Denver is a very tough place to play for a quarterback. I mean, hell, if it wasn't for Hayden, John Shadow, yeah, and John's still there, yeah. Yeah, but you know, honestly, for every you know great John Elway season and every great, well, the the one great uh, Manning season, well, you also got to look. You got to look up to uh, you know uh, uh, Jay Cutler. Well, even though Jay Cutler was actually pretty decent with them, Jay was good. But there. you know, it wasn't until yeah, Jay just Jay and Josh McDaniels butted heads. You know that yeah, so, became the problem there. So Denver was the one team that I thought they could have taken one of those two guys. 
Denver does not want to draft another quarterback. They're they're definitely afraid of drafting a quarterback. Well, once again, you, you invested. Was Drew Locke a second round or a first round? I forget. Maybe he was a second, second round. Pick. I don't think. Yeah, I think he was second. So, and look, if you look at what, yeah, we talked about Chicago and what they invested in quarterbacks the last couple of years. You know, you got the same thing with Denver, and yeah, you can see that they were probably a little gun shy. And I think you are you kind of hit it on the head where I think they do think that a Aaron will eventually be there. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't operate on that assumption. Well, you can't because because well, because if he shows up on June second, then okay, all right, he's a little behind the eight ball, but you'll know the deal's done beforehand, and you'll already be working with him. What are you going to give up if you're Denver? Whatever they want. Well, you got to figure, you know, the sad thing is Drew Locke would probably have to be going back to Green Bay because Jordan Love isn't ready, according to what everybody's saying. Well, going to so, yeah, you know, they're gonna they're gonna but need to I feel you know what I find the funniest part about this angel is that I have been saying since me and you've been doing this together, right? What do I always say about Green Bay? What's Green Bay's biggest problem? Uh that's uh they don't, they don't have, have an owner. owner. And what happens when you don't have an owner? You don't have oversight. You don't have somebody that sits in that room. Like I'm sure Kraft did this year. And looked at Belichick and said, I did everything you wanted. Now do something I want. Draft the quarterback. Mac Jones falls to us. You're drafting him. Right? So that's what happened in New England. Yeah, I couldn't see them not drafting Mac Jones. It was funny. Like, as soon as Denver didn't make that pick, I was like, shit, they don't have to move. No. And I never and thought then, they were and then once, what, once Chicago traded up, I already knew that. I was like, they're trading up for Justin Fields. I think, like, I, I, you know, you I'll saw it right there. Like, New England you know, send them. You know, I, 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 I put I, it in the text. The I second the trade even... was made, I was like, they're getting fields. Mm-hmm. And that meant, you know, you but, weren't going to have to move. Well, and then, hey, when it's also... ahead of, then when a Jets trade ahead of you, that guaranteed it. Because they weren't going to draft another quarterback. No. You know, but it, funny, I think he, he could have even traded down and, and got uh, Matt, Mac Jones if he traded down. I I don't know if you if you want to risk that. Exactly. That's that's one thing. You don't want to risk it. But I'm just saying, like, 
in theory, you probably could have traded down. Well, you know, it didn't look like, and I don't, let me ask you, did you have any feeling? Because I didn't feel at all. It looked like Washington was interested in trade in drafting a quarterback. It looks like they are, you know, fully set on Fitzpatrick, which, you know, blows my mind. No, I, I think I think they're between him and Heineke. And once again, just think about that statement you just made. Is that is, 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 is are those options great options or, at the the quarterback position? Or. And you may think I'm crazy for saying this. Don't or, say Aaron Rodgers did. No, or is Ron hoping that Cam Newton becomes available? That's that's bullshit, and I, I hate to say this. I don't want to disagree with you this vehemently, but if he had his opportunity to sign Cam as a free agent... Cam wasn't resigning. Cam wasn't going anywhere but New England. That deal yes, was that, that deal was done. No, because Cam, the, the Cam had Cam had a deal worked out with New England for this year. Okay, mm-hmm. Cam, Cam had Cam had the deal worked out for this year. The question became was not. Um, Cam knew that he was going back to New England for this year. They already had worked out that deal. Belichick wasn't going to let him, you know, go just in case he didn't get him. I I, I read the book of Bill probably as good as anybody. When Bill first said uh, Cam Newton's our quarterback. And then five minutes later, so well, everybody's the job's open. Everybody's got a chance to win the job. He told me that Cam is not long for the New England Patriots. Yeah, I honestly feel like, I, that's like a, that fit is has always been for me questionable. Yeah, I was never a big fan of of it. Like, I understood why. Like, Cam represents the best chance to win on last year's roster. Because it's not – it wasn't Stidham. So now the question becomes – here's the thing with Stidham. But here became the thing with Stidham. I think if they let Stidham play, I think you would have taken your lumps, but I think you would have learned what you had. I firmly am believing – and I say this all the time about quarterbacks. You draft until you get one. I think Stidham could have been the quarterback in the New England Patriots last year. And I think you could have been 7-9 and nine just because how good Belichick and Josh are. Where I'm not 100% is the rush to re-sign Cam Unless it was only for, hey, here's a proven commodity, a quarterback, and we have to sign free agent. That's the case. Then I'm okay with that too. 
But to me, I think that <clears throat> I think Stidham could have won the job last year. Well, who else was, was I really uh, do an option? Brian, Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Yeah. Okay. He he's and I just think, down you know, of this generation. And 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 here's the thing, just to like I said last week, I think Brian Hoyer is going to be an assistant coach and he's gonna be in the quarterback room. And I think that's perfect and for I, Mac Jones. I think. And and I'll tell you right now, I think when Bill finally leaves and Josh makes his ascension, I think Brian Hoyer will be the offensive coordinator for Josh McDowell. I mean, not Josh McDaniel. I don't disagree with I you. Think, I think that's the ascension. And I think that's the ascension plan. Um, but once again, you know, honestly, is Brian Hoyer a viable option? The answer is no. Yeah. You know, to, to be your, your starting quarterback for 16 games. So if Stidham couldn't have beaten Hoyer, that's a, a huge red flags. Huge red flags. Because, you know, the point is, these young quarterbacks don't really have to outperform a Brian Hoyer. They don't have to outperform them in the preseason or in OTAs or whatever it is. And I understand that we haven't had – many preseason games or OTAs because of COVID, but mm-hmm. you, you, know, you, you don't have to beat them necessarily because you're going to get the benefit of, of the job because you're the younger one that the the team has invested because he, well, he was a fourth-round pick, right? So you still have decent yeah. draft capital. You know, you're young, you're cheap, you're a, you're a draft pick of Hoyer's a veteran. Well, Hoyer agent. was too. He, and right. Well, he's a veteran. Well, he wasn't. He drafted him. Well, but he came back because he he wasn't with the the he, Patriots the, the year before, was he? With the yeah, he was. Indy. Uh, yeah, but that was because they traded him to Indy. Right. Because they traded all the like quarterbacks they, to Indy. And you saw what that did to Indy. Um, <laughs> but, but no, but like, in Hoyer's case, Bill likes Brian Hoyer. Bill loves yeah. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer has done everything. Uh, Brian Hoyer has run scout team for him. Like, Brian Hoyer is a guy who Patriot fans won't realize his, like, I think you know his worth when you hear Tom talk about him or the defense talk about him and how much work he put in before, you know, with the scout team. Like, that stuff that goes undersold and and under-talked about, but you know, when you you know the game, you, you know, like you need a guy like Brian Hoyer. You know, it, it, there's a guy who knows he's not going to outseed Tom Brady. But you know what? He's Tom Brady's best friend. 
<laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, you know, and like the years he wasn't there, you know, uh, you look at like a Jacoby Brissett and, and Jimmy, you know, where, you know, those guys, Tom liked them, you know, for all intents and purposes, Tom liked Jimmy. It's just that Tom wasn't going to give up the job to Jimmy like Belichick wanted him to. You know, and, and, you know, and push Brady to compete just like, you know, on wrongly Aaron Rodgers and, and um, Jordan Love. This fuck, Jordan Love. You know, where Aaron was pissed that you drafted him. But I don't think it was Aaron that was – I don't think it was – I think it was less of Aaron being pissed than more of Aaron being like, hey, a, a little heads up here. You know what? No. You know, I, honestly, I think – you know, if bullshit. you would have taken Jordan Love – No. If you would have taken Jordan Love in the third round, I think he'd be okay with it. I think his main thing was we were a game away from a Super Bowl. Why do we need a developmental quarterback? We need to get an actual playmaker with a first with a first round pick. We need to invest either. Listen, give somebody to give me a stud on defense. Give me a stud wide receiver. You know, give me something okay. of immediate impact. Yes, Jordan but, have not did see did see the floor. I mean, did see uh, the grass. But again, <laughs> you know, I don't think that was the. I don't think that was Aaron's problem. I think Aaron's problem is. And you can't say that, and you can't. You can say I'm wrong all you want. You're never gonna. I'm never gonna admit to it. Aaron was pissed because they didn't tell Aaron. <laughs> you can't do that without. Look, you don't tell. You don't. You don't draft. You don't trade. The ninth overall pick. For Corey Schneider, without telling Marty Brodeur, who's in the fucking building. You don't tell, you don't draft Jordan Love without telling Aaron. Like, yeah, but, you know, I get the whole That's just good to... Yeah, I get the whole hurting. But it's not butthole hurting, though. The, the difference is, is, this is your fucking friend. This is why I go back to what I said before, and I've said for years about the Packers. When you don't have an owner, you don't have anyone to answer to. If Mark, if Mike, um, Mark Murphy had a half of a fucking brain, he would have been like, you know, we should probably tell Aaron we're doing this. Yeah, you know, I get what you're saying, and I think you are definitely partially right here. No, I know but I'm right because that's what been that's what Aaron had said. People, you know, but I'll and be Aaron will never admit to it, it. But this is what Aaron's saying. Yeah, but even if but see, this is my point. Even if you tell Aaron Rodgers, "Hey, we're trading up to get this guy. He's not going to play right away. He's going to be your eventual replacement." How do you think he's going to take that? If you tell him, it's not going to go over well. It's going to go over I think, better than it has gone over. Right now, it's going over like a fart in church. I think it's just—I think it's a wet fart in church right now. The way 
you know, if it, if he went the other way. Oh, now it's a because once it, but, but, but still. Because, like I said, you know, you're one game away from, from the World Series. How do you go ahead and draft a quarterback? Listen, you know, geez, Mike, Mike tries to hit another home run. Um, how, how do you tell your Still franchise quarterback, who, by the way, won MVP last year? Yeah, how many? All right, between you and I, honestly, how long? He's 37 years old right now. How yeah. much more meaningful football does Aaron Rodgers have left in his right arm? Four years. Okay, so with that being said, drafting Jordan Love in the first round to, gain, to, 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 to come up with a fifth-year you know, option on him was stupid. If, Aaron Rodgers year, does not play a game. Aaron Rodgers is not a Green Bay Packer next year. I think he's there this year. I don't think he's there next year. Yeah, I think, I think the ship has, sold, has sailed for this year. Next year? No, I don't think the ship is sailed for this year. I, I just think I, I, I think logistically it doesn't work out in terms of you know no, what because, a, a team no, would have to give does, up for. It does. It does because of financials. It does because of the financials. Because Aaron, just like Julio, if you move them after June first. The dead cap money this year is negligible. Where if you were to do it now, the dead cap money is ridiculous for this year. It's Carson Wentz bad. It's Carson Wentz bad, yeah. Now, again, you owe it to Aaron. Right? Like, this wasn't Favre, right? Favre was... Favre was thinking you around. Favre's... I'm going to retire. Yeah, I'm but Favre was, wasn't thinking you around. Favre wasn't thinking you around when they drafted Aaron. Okay. Favre wasn't doing that yet. Now, where... Um, I'm trying to, trying to do math but, on my you know, own. How, how old is Favre when that happened? I think Favre was like 39 years old when they drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers. No, they were the same age. I think they were the same age. They were around the same age. How about no quarterback has ever played for the Packers more than 16 years? How about that one? Starting, Favre in, Aaron in. This is going to be Aaron's 16th year. Damn. That's pretty crazy. But again, that's part of not having an owner. That's not having an owner. Because an owner could sit there and go, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, I think Shaq Khan's an idiot, but I don't think Shaq Khan's going to fucking piss on Trevor Lawrence in 10 years if he's still there, because I still think they're going to be drafting another quarterback in five years. The 
Mr. Lawrence is going to be like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Place sucks. Well, he's going to be playing in London, right? Is that what they're moving on to Jaguars to? They're not going to London. The NFL learned through COVID that you can't do shit like that. Yeah. Little League Baseball is not even having, a, like, a full World Series issue. Little League decided yesterday or today or something that they're still going to have the World Series. It's just not going to be what you're used to. Every like All eight regions in America are going to put two teams in the fucking World Series. Just sense a win in your region, then. And I'm sorry, but the Little League World Series without the Grotto is not the Little League World Series. No. Because I've talked to kids that played in that. The Grotto is the greatest thing ever for a 12-year-old kid. And I'm sorry. Uh, why would why in the world would Jerry Jones trade with Philly? Because Philly offered him, did and that, nobody else did. And because it cost him less money on Micah Parsons. Hmm. Because sliding at ten <sighs> and sliding at twelve are two different. Is probably. $4 million. Because Philly wanted the guy. Because they knew that the Giants were going to draft him. So they had to get in front of the Giants. And listen, you know, I get it. Because you still get the player you, you were going to draft. <clears throat> I think they were going to draft No, they didn't get the player they were going to draft. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They didn't get the player they were going to draft. Well, well That's why at, they that made time, the at that time... So if they would have yeah. stayed at ten, so, they would they would have taken Parsons. And I get you know the person yeah. that they wanted was Sertain. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm saying is you know you're going to draft him anyway at ten, so you drop down to twelve and you pick up a third round pick. You're I get it. You're just upset because you need Devontae you know, Smith. Right. You know, it's just funny how. Can't be a fan, like, dude. You got to be you got to be objective to do this. Well, no, no. Where'd the like Cowboys said, I was, Yeah. Yeah. Cowboys need a defense. They don't have any offense. They need a defense. What did they do? They went defense. Jerry had a good draft for me, John. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question because I think you've uh, seen more of Tony play than I have. I How good can he be? I kill you. You think Ike? I think Ike. If you get Ike Hillier on him, <laughs> solid ten-year career. I was kind of hoping, like the other stuff that I was getting from him was Percy Harvin. No, Percy was game. And if you get, I, I'm saying, like if you can get ten years of Percy Harvin. Yeah, I love the pick if that's the case. No, Percy. 
No, I wouldn't put him in the same category. Percy Harvin was special. Percy Harvin. Yes, I'm a huge well, Percy Harvin fan. Um, no, but if you get Tony, Tony slides into your third down, third down receiver. Because I assume this is probably going to be the last year of Shepard. Yeah, and I like Shepard, but he gets hurt way too much. I don't. I don't. I think it's a waste. I think it's a waste of roster spot. He's a waste of money. He's not worth the money that they're paying him. Once once they once they find mm. that extension, I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Money wise, I don't like him. Yeah, I, I just think he gets hurt. like I think he's a tough receiver, and I think he you know his career and his extension was based off of playing opposite OBJ. Mm-hmm. And now that OBJ is not there, what has he done since he left? Is he that feared number? Is he that feared number one receiver? Even though you're paying him as such, no, no. You know, I don't think you're paying him as a number uh, one receiver. When he signed that extension, yeah, he he's was not being paid, paid number one receiver. But... Yeah, he's paying. He's being paid number one receiver money on the team that doesn't have a number one wide receiver. Yeah, but he got that extension before they traded. Um, that but what I'm saying is, it's not number one receiver money. What number one receiver money is Julio money? Oh yeah. Was that twenty three? Yeah, he's not making Julio money. He's making more than Edelman did. But Edelman never broke the bank either. And let's not forget, the Giants were really hard on Edelman to get him. Until Tom stepped up and said, "Uh, what the fuck are we doing here? I like him. (laughs) He catches the ball. Yeah, can we take care of that, please? Give him away. All right, so his extension was four years at $41 So, no, it wasn't number one receiver. But it was definitely a lot of money paid. To, it was definitely a lot of money paid to a okay receiver. It was slot money. It was slot money. Yeah. He was paid as a slot receiver. Would you rather? I, I would have rather had Cole Beasley. Easily, easily Cole. And you were easily. really close to getting him too. Because what, what was he? I, I think he was he's less than $10 million a season. I think so. But didn't the Giants and, go and get Coleman Tate? Every time uh, we played the Cowboys, Beasley or Witten went mm-hmm. off on us. Oh, it's because you haven't had anybody to cover tight end 
or a slack guy in years. Yeah. But seriously, like you look at them, they both have eight catches for over 100 yards every single time. Mm-hmm. Probably because your game plan to stop Dez. <laughs> That's why. And then Tony Romo had all day to throw behind that line. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you really think about it. Like, yeah, it's death by a thousand paper cuts, but, you know, you don't want Dez to beat you. No, like one of the reasons because why Dez beat they, one of the reasons why they said that uh, San Francisco took Trey Lance over uh, Mac Jones was the fact that you know Mac Jones. I mean Trey Lance give you five yards if a play breaks down, whereas they don't see Mac Jones being able to uh, give you any anything in terms of uh, extra yardage. Like, if the play breaks down, he's probably taking a sack. But, again, the other reason why is because Kyle Shanahan thinks he's the smartest person in the room. Well, people don't forget. And, like, they they said that – yeah, I heard this analysis a lot during, uh, you know, after the trade – I mean, after the draft. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, well, you know what? With the prototypical quarterbacks, he hasn't won the big game. You know, if he had a running quarterback, you know, they they could have won those games. Uh, no, not really, because you know what? You know, especially with the Atlanta game, uh, they were up what thirty six to three or whatever it was, thirty eight to three. Twenty eight to three. That's twenty eight to three, and that a lot of that it was wasn't... you know Matt Ryan. Yeah, well, a lot of the play calling. The fact that well, Brady threw a pick six. <laughs> right. But a in lot the of Garrett, it was play calling. The, I don't know if it was play calling. Because let me tell you, they didn't move the ball that game. I remember going into I remember going into halftime of that game. I looked at my wife and I go, They're not really down twenty one to three. And she looks at me and says, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm going to go, when does Brady ever throw a pick six? Didn't that game. When does LeGarrette blood fumble? Didn't that game. <laughs> they took them lightly. And what did New England do in the end? They started cooking. And they started matriculating the ball down the field. And the next thing you knew, they had no answer for them. They had not one answer for them, offense or defense. Those guys were celebrating on the sideline thinking that game was over. Why? Bad football coach. And a court and and a coordinator that called that second half like he was auditioning for the job he already had. I, I I honestly thought John Lynch should have been like, no thanks. <laughs> because you know, everybody makes it out like, oh, they were running all. Everybody makes it out like in that game, like they were running all over New England. They scored fourteen points of turnovers. 
They had six carries for, like, more than five yards. They had 20 carries for less than two. Last time I checked, you can run the ball four times. If you only get two yards a carry, you're still giving the ball away. Granted, you take a lot of time off the clock doing it, but that wasn't their offense. Oh, they should have. Everybody's a fucking, everybody's a genius. I say this all the time about Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll could not have been a could not have been a genius in the first half and a dumbass in the second half, but he was in everybody's eyes because he didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. But New England had stopped Marshawn. But everybody forgets New England had stopped Marshawn Lynch. Earlier in the game on the goal line. And you think Vince Wolfpack was going to give that up? I, I said it a million no. times. I probably would have done the same play. It, you know, Malcolm Butler made a great play. Sometimes yeah. great plays happen. I thought it was the right call. Yeah. You know, in, in hindsight, of course you can give it to Marshawn, but like you said, early in the game, it happens. So... And, 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 listen, and, and the nine, thing nine is, is that – and the other thing was Pete was shocked that he didn't score in the play before that. Shocked. Right. Pete had his hands in the air thinking that he was in, and then Hyde grabbed him by the, grabbed him by the dick and tackled him. And also, let's just Those guys say something else here. Game. Also, let's say something else. Did Pete Carroll actually make that call? Or was it Daryl Bevel? Daryl Bevel. Right, exactly. Now, could could Pete have overruled him? I'm sure he could have. No, because Pete, but, because Pete knows nothing about the offensive side of the football. If he did, they still would not be letting um, what's-his-face get crushed every game like he does. Pete right. knows nothing about but the offensive that, side of the football. He, he I think that's the other thing that, that, that people forget. People blame Pete, but who actually made the play call? Not Pete. Exactly. Not, it wasn't Pete. Pete was nowhere near that call. And, and, and you know, and the funnier thing was, if you've ever watched, I think it was do, I think it was on Do Your Job, the first one they did. And I felt you know, it was great. You know, Bell, the fact that Bill gives access is amazing. They, they were talking about that. And they said, all of us are on the sidelines are going, Bill, do you want us to call a timeout? Bill, do you want us to call a timeout? And Bill's like, no, I got this. Because all Bill did was look over at Pete, and Pete looked like a deer in headlights. Because Pete had no idea what the fuck just happened. (laughs) Seriously, watch Pete on the sideline of that uh, – when they're coming out for that, right before the Malcolm play. Pete looks like a deer in headlights. Whole entire sideline looked like a deer in headlights. Why? Because they couldn't believe that Lynch didn't get in from the five. Could not believe it. Yeah, man. Uh, listen, like like I said, I, I 
totally believe you, uh, and I agree with you with that because, you know, like I said, you know, why can't we just give credit where credit is due? You know what? Like I said, if if that's me, kind of seeing how the flow of the game was, I probably would have thrown the ball too. Because I'm sorry, I have a good quarterback. Russell Wilson is not a scrub. Mm-hmm. You know, my receivers are good. Who who was the receiver that he was throwing to? Was it Lockett or was it uh, Baldwin? I think that was Lockett. And, again, let's not – and here's the one part that everybody forgets. They threw the ball to the side that Brandon Browner was on. Brandon Browner was on the fucking team last year. Yep. You've probably seen that play once or twice. Mm-hmm. Who was it that, that told Butler about it? Was it Browner that, that told him about it? Because they said yep. he, somebody coached them up for that play. And, like, they co- coached him up a couple days prior to that. And yeah. that's what helped them get the break. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, it, it's like, why can't we just give credit to players that actually do the job? It was an amazing play by a person who wasn't drafted. Mm-hmm. You know, give them credit. I know it sucks that your team didn't win. Well, I know your team won. But uh, instead mm-hmm. of trying to blame everybody, because let's be honest, that whole that was a good Super Bowl. That was a good one where it's back and forth. It was good action. It was good defense. It was good offense. That was very entertaining. Mm. But like you said, everybody likes to, uh, you know, comment and be geniuses after the fact. You know, they wouldn't have the balls to call plays, you know, or to be able to to make decisions like that. Well, you know what it is, everybody – Everybody thinks because they um, can call plays on Madden uh, that they know what the fuck they're talking about. But, you know, the only reason why their plays work on Madden is because they run the quarterback 20 yards back. Oh. Or they every <laughs> freaking ball is – every fucking ball is a fucking – every play, I I got tired of playing on there because every fucking play was a fucking bomb. And it's like, okay, this is easy. You just play cover four against everybody. You play cover four against everybody. That's it. You don't have to blitz them. You just play cover four. Because nobody knows football. All right, what else have we got? Uh, we got 10 minutes left on the show. Uh... <clears throat> well, I guess let's finish up with the draft. Uh, who's your big winner? Who's your big loser? Um, I go with the Giants as my big winner because I think they did the most to help themselves out going forward. And uh, my big loser feels like it's my big loser every year after 
the NFL draft ends. You want to guess who that is? Uh, the Cowgirls? The New York Jets. You know, it's so funny. I thought they picked up some great players. But everything's going to be on one per- one person. And my question to you is, who's their starting quarterback week one? I don't think it could be Zach Wilson. Oh, Contreras. It's got to be Zach Wilson. I don't see why. Yeah, it has to be him. It has to be him. There's no way you make that move and you don't start him in week one. You just don't. It's, it, it's just the way it is now. It's the way it is now in the NFL. You don't have – this isn't a good team drafting a backup. This isn't um, – this isn't San Francisco having Jimmy there for the next year with Trey Lance. Nice. And Trey Lance at some point this year is going to play, whether Jimmy gets hurt or the, the Trey Lance is going to play. Jimmy knows that. Well, the law, the law averages says that Jimmy's going to get hurt. So, and if Jimmy doesn't get hurt, they go to the Super Bowl. But in saying that, the Jets, like, who's going to be the starting quarterback in Jacksonville? It's got to be Trevor Lawrence, right? It has to be. It cannot be. I mean, Shaq Tom would lose his shit. He'd send Jericho over well, there to fucking, you know. <laughs> But, you know, it's funny because, like, you read the reports that they said, I think in February, they made the decision it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. And then what Urban Meyer did, he sent his OC to study tapes of Clemson and what worked for Clemson and where mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence's strengths and weaknesses were. So they, February, started building an offense tailored to, but a but Trevor Lawrence. So it can't be Gar- Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Yo, sorry, but it, it was never going right to be now. Gardner Minshew. Right, it but was I'm never saying, going like, to be Gardner ever, Minshew. I'm just saying, if there was ever an outside chance, yeah, I was taken away because once again, when you build your offense around your number one pick or around a person, it's almost silly that they don't start. Um, you know, I, if I'm the Jets, I'm calling Jacksonville say, hey, can we make a trade for Gardner and let him start and let Wilson, you know, sit for at least half the season. Gardner makes Because I don't see him be – yeah, well, he's better than uh, – the... who's their backup quarterback? Is it still Simeon or who is it now? It doesn't matter. He's not better than him. It's a, it's a new regime. Look, Soleil's going to have to fucking live and die by the sword here. He got his guy. He's the only guy who thinks it's his guy. But face it, the Jets drafted a kid only because they have a contract with JetBlue. 
and his mom was hot. It doesn't. Derek Stephan's mom was hot. It doesn't. Who cares? Yeah. Why? Because his family has money. That's why his mom's hot. <laughs> There was a lot of money in that family. I question, does he love football? Yeah, That's a good question. Don't it, like, it, it, I don't it, like it, the answers Trevor Lawrence was given last week. I, I wasn't thrilled with the answers that Lawrence was given last week. Like he's building in excuses if he fails. Well, you know, when you've been talked about this much forever, you know, blah, 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 blah. So what you're saying yeah, is... Honestly, I, I didn't pay attention to anything he said. Right, I, like I haven't watched... I haven't watched any of his uh, press conferences. I I still look at them in this in this case. Are they are the Jacksonville Jaguars still owned by Shag Khan? Uh, the answer is yes. They're still gonna suck. So yeah, no quarterbacks, idea uh, quarterbacks on the Jet roster right now is Mike White and James Who? Morgan. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you want to explain to me again how it's not his job? Please, please tell me so, how it's not his job. I'm saying it shouldn't be his job. And I completely agree with you. And I said on book last week, the Jets since 2009 have drafted four franchise quarterbacks. Again, tell me when you're on the clock in four years. Because you are going to be on the clock in four years, and you'll be drafting another franchise quarterback. The funny thing is, this would have been a good spot for Fitzmagic to come back to. You know, give me me a Brian Hoyer. Give me a Fitzmagic. Give me a a McNown. You know, steady veteran that understands that he's the placeholder. And yeah, but here's the problem with Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic thinks he can play still. And, you know, honestly, that's the problem with Fitzmagic. You know, I look at him and I see three really good starts a year. And then, you know, turnover city. So he'll never be a, you know, he'll never be a, of course, first off, he's what, 38 years old now. So he'll never be a franchise quarterback. But, like, that's what made me really even question him going to Washington. Because I don't see that as a good fit. Yeah, I don't believe in Henneke. Yeah, 
isn't Derek Anderson? Oh, not Derek Anderson. Jesus Christ. Who's the other? Who's the other guy you had in 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 um, Carolina? Who? Jake the home? No, Mon didn't have him. It was who was um, playing there in, until he got hurt last year. Until the Giants broke it. It was two guys. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Christ Almighty. Uh, who's the other guy? Jesus. So in all honesty, Lions, Fitzpatrick's there as a, you know, a fail-safe in case somebody gets hurt. No, I think they brought him in to be the, the starter. No. No, Brian didn't do that. Think again. He's there in case... Oh, what the fuck is his name? The guy that broke his leg against the Giants. Uh, it's on the top of my head. I guarantee as soon as we get off the phone, off the phone here, I'm going to know exactly who it is. Because was I joking about this last year? Kyle Allen. There you go. All right, so Fitzmagic is signed for one year, ten million. Backup money. If Kyle Allen's healthy. But he's not even and on the team anymore. Alan Chelsea, he's not. Right now, it's only Henneke and uh, Fitzmagic. Uh, no, it's Fitzpatrick, Henneke, and Kyle Allen. Oh. It's, really, it's from NBC Sports Washington, so I'm going to go with them. All right, well. So, yeah, I think so he's, he's, he's running to be the starter. I think he's there in case Kyle Allen can't go. And that's according, and that's pretty much what Ron said. So, Simon Henneke, is this Kyle Allen? Yeah, I think it's I think it's Kyle Allen's job to lose, and Ron's okay with that. And then worse comes to worse. Um, you know they they play it out, and then they draft next year. Like I wonder if if for some reason. 
if Mac Jones would have fell to them, would they have taken him? Uh, or if uh, Chicago doesn't trade with the Giants, you know, does Washington call? Well, not Dallas. Well, who, who did Jets trade with that fourteen? Was that Minnesota? Yeah, did they did they call Minnesota and make a trade with Minnesota for Justin Fields or Mac Jones? Um, I don't know. Because I, I got to believe. Listen, Kyle Allen is nothing special. Let's be honest. He really isn't. And if you give me an opportunity he's to draft Justin he's Fields. He's not, guy. Because, like, I look at it he's and I look at their offense. He's not, but Ron's guy. Yeah, I, I get that, but I don't know. Ron's got, but that's the thing, though. Like, we don't have to be sold on him. Ron does. And Ron is. There's a reason he brought him with him in Carolina. Well, he brought both of them, right? Because they both play for him in Carolina. Who? Henneke and uh, Allen. I have Yeah, I, I never heard played for him before. Because he was like the third. You would never hear him because it was Cam and then Kyle Allen. Henneke was, was yeah. the third. Because I want to say he's been in the league for four or five years. And he gave him a hell of a chance to win the playoffs. Dude, he Let's played over. That. He played over his head in that game. He did. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with playing over your head. There's something wrong with paying because the guy played played over his head. That's where the problem comes. Okay, so hey, because the guy plays over his head. He's going to he's going to his fourth year. He played for Houston one game in 2017. He played in six games in Carolina in 18, and he played for you know Washington, of course, last year. And he was also on the Vikings roster as well. So he started games in the NFL, and you didn't know who the fuck he was. Think about that. No, he played in games. He played in games. Let's see how many he started. Hold on. Yeah, because that one year in Houston, he threw one pass. Uh, Okay, so prior to Carolina, he threw Mm -hmm. one pass. Who's... He was the Viking for two years, 2015, 2016. No games played. He got to one game and threw one pass for the Texans in 17. And then in 18, he played the six games. And he had 57 attempts. So that means he wasn't starting games. And 
this is the best part is he played one game in Washington last year prior to the playoffs mm-hmm. and was 12 of 19 for 137 with one touchdown, and that was it. But going into – he has two career touchdowns and three interceptions. Oh, he can play for the Jets. He'd be a starting quarterback for the Jets. Yeah, because I, I, I still don't think the Jets got their quarterback. It's hard to think that this kid could come out of nowhere and, you know, you're saying words like Mahomes, but let's relax on that. You know, people are, you know, you know, get carried away with well, who's who saying look like. A lot of people were. Who's a lot of people? Manish Mehta? I think, no, I think Schefter made that comment. Um, who else? I think Blazer made the comment. Well, look, a lot of them are. But I don't these, ever hear these, these idiots. Those words. These idiots, you know, get paid very well to to give their opinion. Yeah, but I don't ever hear Jay saying those words. That's not something Jay would say. Jay's not in that right. business. Maybe he said that you know, people say he looks like. I don't know if he made the comment himself, or he, he does said, a lot of or right. The comparisons or are people like, around the Jets are comparing him to. Yeah. Possible. Well, listen, you know that to me sounds definitely like look at trying to sell the pick. Yeah, I, I can see that. I don't know. Like, like I said, you know, people. You know, projections are all wonderful and good. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I don't still understand. Like, the guy really played nobody, right? So, just, just like Trey Lance. Who has who Trey Lance actually played? Nobody. They only played one game last year. Yeah. Trey Lance has thrown less – what he's threw less passes in college – then Mark Sanchez. Then Mark Sanchez, yep. Mark wasn't ready to play when he got to the NFL. No. Mark will be the first person to tell you he wasn't ready to play when he got to the NFL. And now you're hitching your franchise to another type of quarterback just like that. Hmm? And listen, I, I get it, you know, because to be honest with you, as great as a person that you could think that you are in terms of evaluating talent, the draft is really a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. It really is. But, you know, it, you know so, it's almost like the law of averages has to say you have to get this pick right every once in a while. Outside of Joe Willie. I don't agree. And Chad, Pe- and Chad Pennington. And who, who made that pick? Adult? Parcells. Parcells. And you know, even talk Kenny O'Brien in there. I, I put t- So the best quarterback draft picks 
by the Jets has in order will be Joe Willie, Chad Pennington, and Ken O'Brien. And, and Ken like O'Brien so wins six Creek without a title. Right. But as you you know, if he played Miami every week, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Something about playing Marino got him excited. Once he saw no. Teal on the other side, yeah, he was just like the greatest quarterback in the world. Yeah. But but it also but comes down out- to this too. What have the Jets ever put around a good quarterback? See, this is I mean, where... Pennington had Curtis Pennington had Curtis Martin. Had... And and Keyshawn. No. Pennington didn't have Keyshawn. Are you sure? By the time by the by the time Chad played, Mishon was already in um um, he was already down in Tampa. Let's see here. Keyshawn. He played from 2000 to 07. Keyshawn was in Tampa Bay in 2000. Keyshawn only played four years with the Jets. Keyshawn only hit a thousand yards. What's that? Yeah, regardless, I think this is where, you know, Joe Douglas actually did something right. Like he, listen, he's going only with just with uh, Wilson. Okay, Mm -hmm. do it because he's actually doing him a service because he got him weapons. You know, he got Michael Carter. You know, he he got like a whole bunch of, you know, he got you know. <clears throat> the 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 guard, he got a receiver, like he's building around yeah. Wilson, which is well, something that he didn't do for for Sam. Well, he and I think he, let's not forget, he only had what one draft with Sam. Yeah, but he did nothing to draft around him. He gave him Sims, okay, or Mins. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, you know. Did he build an offensive line around him? No. Did he give him running backs? You know, P. Ryan isn't really a good running back. No. Chris Herndon has to be the worst tight end in the league. No, he no, no, no. New England had those. <laughs> I would take I would take New England tight ends over Chris Herndon. No, you wouldn't. No, yeah. you wouldn't. Yeah, no, but, the guys that we put on the field. No, the guys we put on the field the last two years have been dog shit. Dude, at least they made a catch. 
Yeah, they made like eight Herndon, because they were fucking awful. Dude, Herndon made Ingram look like Travis Kelsey. Well, that's and I'm serious show. with that. But I'm going to say, he made him look like Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey without, you know, Mahomes. I mean, Travis Kelsey's been good, though, so you can't even, like, bash him. No, you can't. He was good without Mahomes. Right. You know, if he stayed with Alex Smith, he'd still be a Hall of Fame caliber tight end. Yes, but he wouldn't be as close to it as he was, as he is. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, regardless, he'd be a Hall of Fame tight end. All right. You got anything else? No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, too. All right. How was the show? Go in peace, the love, and serve the Lord. Eleven. All right. I said, go in peace, the love, and serve the Lord. You know, may may the fourth be with you and all that shit. All right, kid. We'll figure it out. You got it. Later. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Later.